You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. It is always good to be with you. And today we are joined by a previous guest and a friend of the podcast. Amy Carney is with us today to discuss her new book. Amy is a wife, a mother of five, a blogger and author, an advocate for adoption and foster care, and a parenting coach who's dedicated to inspiring and reminding parents of their role and privilege as parents. Today we'll be talking about Amy's latest book, Parent on Purpose, a courageous approach to raising children in a complicated world. Welcome back to the podcast, Amy. Thank you, Todd, for having me. Yeah, so good to have you back. So how is life as an author treating you these days? <laughs> oh, awesome. It's It's been a lot of fun. Keeps me keeps me busy and off the streets, so, <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I'm so excited to share the good news about your book and the content with our listeners today. So let's just start big picture. What is the purpose of parenting? (laughs) Well, um, the purpose of parenting to me is really to raise up an adult, right? And so for me, it's to raise up a confident, capable, and compassionate adult. Yes, that's awesome. And so I always just turn to Proverbs 22, 6, um, train up a child in the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Hmm. So that's, that's our purpose of parenting. It's pretty simple. Yep. That's really good. And so those three words that you said, competent, confident, or competent, capable, and compassionate. Yes. That's right. Very good. I mean, we could dig in really deep into those words alone, but we're going (laughs) to, we'll talk a little bit more about your book, but that's really good. And that's what I would encourage parents to start with. Um, What kind of kids are you raising and preparing them for adulthood? So, but when you talk about parenting on purpose, what are some of the common myths or pitfalls of parenting that distract us from our purpose as parents? Oh my gosh. Well, really like what doesn't distract us today? Mm -hmm. I mean, when I, when I go off and do my talks, I show, I start off by showing just like the cereal aisle Mm -hmm. in our grocery store, right? Like full of, we just have so many choices coming at us and, and information. We're just bombarded. Um, and that I, that I sometimes think we just don't know which way to turn. And so we just react. And I feel like we're just parenting kids reactively today instead of, um, proactively. And really I, what I find is that we're super distracted by status and Mm. worldly success today. And we've um, mistakenly made these the goal of parenthood yeah. without even really realizing it. Mm. Right. I mean, in past generations, parents strive to raise good citizens and neighbors. And then today it just seems like we're more worried about our kids possessing a strong resume over a strong value system. Right. And if that's true, then we need to really make a purposeful shift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I think of the cereal aisle, I think of the myth of happiness, right? Yes. It's like, Oh, if, if I get my children the cereal, they'll be happy. And therefore I've su- succeeded as a parent. How do you address the happiness myth? <laughs> that's, that's huge. I mean, that's, um, well, my goal is not to raise happy kids. Mm-hmm. Um, our goal shouldn't be their happiness. I yeah. mean, of course we want them to have an overall happy childhood. Right. Um, but we fall into this trap that we want our kids happy at all times, mm-hmm. um, because it feels better, yeah. right? It does feel better when our kids are happy. Um, but it's not, that's just not 
possible. And it's, it's not healthy either, because when we make some of these um, firm decisions, um, courageous decisions, then our kids are going to be unhappy at times. And mm-hmm. that's okay. We've got to remember that our goal is not happy kids. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get into the goal and some of those specifics that you're, you've kind of boiled down and simplified, uh, but it's that much more challenging or requires that much more, like you said, proactivity. So in your book, you build the purpose of parenting around three essential roles. What are they and why are they significant? Okay. Well, I, yes, I've broken the book down into to three parts. Mm-hmm. So, um, lead, love and launch. Yeah. So I you, you've got to be the leader, you've got to be the lover and you've got to mm-hmm. be the launcher. Yeah. So, um, the, the leader, obviously our kids need um, a parent, they don't need a pal. Hmm. Um, our role is to, to, to lead. And that section of the book is all about building us up as a strong individual, yeah. as a strong person, as a strong parent and creating a firm foundation in our lives first, and then creating one, um, you know, for our, our children to grow up under. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the idea of leading yourself first so that you yes. can lead your children. And I, I want you to say a little bit more about the, the contrast of parent over pal, because you, I, I don't want us to miss that because that's, that's pretty distinct, especially in our culture where I know, especially cast in TV shows and movies that, you know, uh, parents want to come across as their child's buddy, you know, just their, their friend that they, they hang out with, but it's not like that when it comes to parenting. So can you, can you give us a little bit more about that contrast? Yeah, no, it's, it's kind of a dangerous thing that we've fallen into. And I know that I easily can fall into that too, because we want to be in close relationship Mm -hmm. with our kids. Right. And so sometimes, um, when we, when we make decisions when they're growing up and we see that they're not happy with us, well, it doesn't feel good. So then we let, maybe we let down our boundaries. We let, you know, let down, um, our, our guardrails and decide that it's okay. We want them to be happy and that we want to be liked. Mm-hmm. And, and guess what? Like, I didn't really like my parents <laughs> you know, a lot of times. Um, and yep. we have to remember that and because it, it's for their own good. Yeah. And for us to be seen as a leader, as a parent, then we cannot be on an equal ground with them. They've, you know, and if we are, they aren't going to take us seriously. Mm-hmm. They, they, and they need a parent, yeah. and especially in today's culture, you know, that friends are everywhere. Friends are online friends, are, you know, yeah. they don't need another friend. The, the goal is for us to raise up these adults who we can be friends with yeah. one day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but the goal is not to, to be their little buddy but to be someone that can mentor them and guide them mm-hmm. um, and lead them even even when it's hard. Yeah, I love it. That's, that, that's really important to, to make that distinction that that friendship is a goal. It's not necessarily the means to that end, but it is an end that you can look forward to is that real healthy friendship with your child when they're older, when they've reached adulthood. So you seem to be getting into the idea of direction, are that, that parents need to lead their children by providing direction. So what does that mean to lead our kids? How do you get into that in the book? Um, well, I, I found that I had to stop. Uh, my husband and I kind of stopped um, because we were reacting and just reactively raising our kids. And yep. we sat down and wrote out uh, what I call a parenting purpose statement. Mm. And it's, it's like 
a vision statement, a mission statement. I mean, all successful companies mm-hmm. have a mission or vision statement. So why, as a family unit, do we not take the time to sit down and think about what in the world are our goals in raising these kids? Mm-hmm. And so when we were able to kind of sit down and look big picture and write down um, our goals, then we could better figure out how we were going to lead them in the day-to-day yeah. toward those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's it's almost imperative that we take the time to do this now because culture is so, um, so consuming and so distracting and, and we can get easily confused in what our neighbors are doing, what, you know, what everyone at their school is doing and, and then get to the end of full-time parenthood and realize, wait a minute, this is, I missed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is not how I had meant for this to go. And, um, so I, I talk about in the book, um, to stop and write out a parenting purpose statement. And I walk you through that in the book and you can see in the appendix that I have our actual, um, statement on there. And that yes. really helps me when, yeah. when, when decisions come up as, uh, as they do to think about it, what, what did I say in my, you know, what's my purpose mm-hmm. here? Yep. Um, that's not just important for families. That's important for individuals, like to know what your purpose is, why you exist on this earth. And so to incorporate that into your family. And I just want to say thanks for including those resources in the appendix. That's really great. Because <laughs> oftentimes you read a book and you're like, where do I begin? Is there a template or something that you use? So you jump to the back of the book and you have just some guides to help families along with navigating some of those directions that you have provided. So it is the idea here kind of, kind of like establishing a compass for a family. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It's, yeah. It's like a compass and then kind of designing a roadmap that. You there know, you go. The, yeah. Yeah. And then the Lord will lead you, you know, the specifics are his, but we can, we can, you know, begin to have a big picture yeah. goal and then let him handle the details. Well, maybe that place to start just as you incorporate your faith is to spend some time in prayer as mom and dad, or if you're a single parent, just to go, what kind of family do we want to be? Or Lord, what kind of family do you want us to be? And yes. let the spirit navigate that purpose and direction. And at, as you start to incorporate those values into your family. So what, what are some of the things, whether it's for you and your husband, as you navigated that, but what tends to conflict, uh, with the parents embracing their role as a leader and how have you combated it or how have you encouraged parents to combat those things that conflict? Well, I think as kids get older and they're in middle, get into middle school and high school, there are a lot of social, um, things that, that go on that conflict with our family values maybe. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to make maybe some tough decisions where we didn't allow our daughter to go on the party bus with mm-hmm. everyone else or, mm-hmm. yeah. or get the, get the smartphone, you know, ours didn't have smartphones till they were going into high school. Yeah. Um, so just making brave decisions that they were not happy about. Mm. Um, but too many times I know we can fall into watching what everyone else is doing yeah. and we feel like we should follow along because we don't want to rock the boat or we don't want to stand out. You know, we don't want our kids to, to feel um, not a part of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got to be brave enough to courageously make those choices for our kids. And I see it pay off. Yeah. I, I mean, my triplets are going to be seniors in high school next hmm. year. Our daughter's going to be a junior mm-hmm. and our little guy's going into six, yeah. but I've already seen the fruit, um, from some of the courageous decisions that we've made. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're giving them confidence for the future by yes. establishing those values now. And what, one of the things that, my wife and I try to reiterate, and I think 
we've learned through our relationship with you, but this idea that when when my kids start to push back on some of our values, I just tell them straight up is like, hey, we are raising you differently and yeah. we, we have a different set of values. So we're pretty overt about that. And we'll just say, hey, some of the th- decisions that we made may frustrate you because it's not what everyone else is doing that doing, but we're just upfront about that. And so when you when you talk about bravery, that is one of the roles of parents is to be brave in this world uh, when yes. it comes to raising their kids. Um, well, I know we've talked about this a little bit, but if there's anything else that you'd like to share in each chapter of your book, you offer practical strategies for parents mm-hmm. to apply the advice that you share. When it comes to leading, what's what's the strategy they should start with? Um, well, I say, I always say parents six years ahead. Mm. So how, how old is your oldest, Todd? 11. 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So that's almost graduating high school yeah. six years from now, right? <laughs> so, I mean, so I always say look six years ahead and what's going on, um, you know, for a 17 year old today mm-hmm. and start looking at that, figuring that out Yeah. and start making your choices today toward that. Mm. So, I mean, 17, that's a lot, a lot going on driving, dating, um, right. Your teenage desires. I mean, and then we started conversations early, Mm -hmm. not, we didn't wait till they turned 16 to start talking about them getting a job or dating or, you know, we were talking about that at 12, 13. So they already knew when they arrived at this age that they were going to have to get a job or they were going to, you know, they weren't going to be allowed on the party bus or they weren't mm. going to, they knew what to expect because we had our, we'd been proactive in thinking about that stage. So I say start today, look six years ahead and maybe start parenting toward that. That's really, really good. Yeah. You know, it, we'll talk about parent with the end in mind, but s- parents six years ahead, that gives you something practical. Like that's going to be here in no time. So right. that's really helpful. All right. So Talked about lead. Second section in your book is about the role of love. So what does love look like when you parent on purpose? Well, I wrote this section um, based on our RV trip that we took around the entire U.S., which yeah. the whole book is based on that. But yeah. um, it's this section is all about how do we build a strong, unique family culture, right? And how do we build strong relation, family relationships? And so... Um, I first start out that section talking about play more, right? We need to not get on the floor necessarily and play games, but mm-hmm. how do we play more in our life? What, not take everything so serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a huge part of this section is how do we place boundaries on technology yep. in our homes and families? Like how do we disconnect to reconnect? Yep. Um, and, you're, and you're saying both of those back to the point that you made, and this is to emphasize the family culture and strong relationships. We're not just unplugging from technology or putting boundaries around it just for the sake of those boundaries. You're putting it for the sake of the relationship. Exactly. And we play for the sake of the culture, those pieces there. Right. And you and I did the podcast. I don't know when that was. The last podcast we did was on the technology battles that we should fight, right? The four technology right. battles mm-hmm. we should fight. So um, people could always go back and listen to that. But That's right. we do need to have boundaries so that we can sit around the family dinner table together and conversate and to build relationship. Yeah. Um, so that's, like you said, that's why we have boundaries is so that we can actually have relationship, human yep. contact. So if 
parents can't jump into an RV and spend half the year on the road, which is amazing. And I don't know if it's come from the podcast that we did. I think it was our very first podcast where you told your story about the RV. And I've, I've actually interacted with a couple of families from our church that are doing that, whether they're doing that over the course of the summer or they're just like, hey, we're going to give this a shot and we're going to reconnect as a family. So it's been pretty interesting that I don't know if this is becoming a trend, but if families can't do that, where do you where do you tell them to start? Well, say, so we sold our RV as soon as we got back. Mm-hmm. We had bought it just for that purpose. Yep. So th- say this summer, our family, um, we're heading up north one hour, one and a half hours from where we live here in Arizona. And we are going camping. Um, they have teepees up there mm-hmm. and we're going to just go camping. And what I say is seek out like terrible Wi-Fi. Like seek out. <laughs> <laughs> now, our kids yeah. don't know this plan, right? But mm-hmm. I, I know that there's going to be terrible Wi-Fi up there and guess they're going to be disappointed. And guess what? They're not going to be able to be on their devices and we're going to have a good time. Right. We're just, and it's not going to cost us hardly anything. Uh, You know, we don't have, it's just going to be easy and it's going to just be family bonding. And so I just say, start there. I mean, yeah, where can you go an hour away where there's terrible Wi-Fi and <laughs> find can, terrible uh, Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, That's people good. complain about that, but yeah. I th- I make it a goal because um, with five kids who are on devices, mm. it's it's you know it's just easier for me <laughs> to yeah. not have to fight the battle if hey th- we can't even connect so. Yeah. You can't um, even go anywhere close by to get Wi-Fi. That's good. Um, yeah. it may, there, there seems to be emerging resource or just uh, research or just kind of uh, the rediscovery of the reality that boredom is good because it forces children to figure out how to spend their time and how to, whether it's to be imaginative or creative. But it's, in essence, when you remove Wi-Fi, you're forced to find fun in a different way. And yeah. hopefully that's to reconnect with the family as you're kind of emphasizing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was just interviewed about that yesterday about how, yeah, how raising creative kids and about how we've got to allow space in their lives for boredom, yep. you know, and to be out in nature and to just figure it out. And we just don't have, that's why people are taking off in RVs because it's almost yeah. like we have to create that now. Totally. Yep. The whatever it may be is like, you know, fear-based culture of just being outside and afraid of being outside too long, whether it's the sun or strangers, you know, you can't be outside anymore. So, (laughs) you know, you have to (laughs) create that space on your own. Well, what's the strategy for uh, parents to apply to build a unique family culture and strong relationships? Where do you want them to begin? Well, I I get, I get this a lot because our kids are in, um, competitive youth sports. Mm-hmm. And as you know, I think your kids are in sports too, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a consuming culture. So no matter kind of what our kids grow up doing, it's consuming nowadays. And so we've got to figure out how do we balance our kids being in these organized activities and still have time for them to be bored and go outside and play and be at the family dinner table. Mm-hmm. And so I think we just have to wrap our head around our calendar and, and know that, okay, yeah, we're going to have some crazy days, some crazy weeks, but on Sunday evenings, mm. this is what we do, yeah. right? Or whatever time that you know that you're like our, our family of seven, about all we get now is Sunday evenings, mm-hmm. uh, Sundays in general, but yeah. or Friday evenings, whatever it is, just claim that time and, you know, make it known that this is our family time and you'll still be able to grab that when there's, you know, 16, 17, 
um, 18 years old because it's what you've established. Yeah. And so I think a lot of times we've got to look at quality time. We don't get a whole big quantity of time now, um, with kids cause they're so busy, mm-hmm. but if we can carve out that regular time to spend quality time with them, um, that's how we can build loving, authentic relationship. Yeah. And what, what does that look like in your home? Um, is there a particular rhythm that you all have? Do you all do something together or is it just, you are in each other's space on Sunday nights? Is there a routine or rhythm that y'all have? Um, we, we, um, we do, we, we do Sunday dinner, Sunday suppers, um, where we gather in our formal dining room, which we, whenever we're together, we eat our meals in there, Mm -hmm. but, um, and then we just, I cook dinner we linger. We have some conversation starters that live on our table, some products, you know, ask questions and we can just sit and be, and there's no technology allowed in there. I mean, it's just, it's not even an issue. It's just, they know that's we just come to the table and, and be a family. Yeah. And then our younger, um, can go off and shower, get ready for bed. And then we kind of continue on with, I would say like a family meeting mm-hmm. where we can coordinate schedules for the week. We could talk about, you know, th- school supplies that, that people need, whatever right. it is. Um, and we can just really communicate because it, once the school week hits, it, it's hectic. Mm-hmm. And our kids are driving off to sports and work. And so we don't get all that much quality family time like we used to. Yeah, yeah. It's that connect point. It's almost setting the expectation, making it part of the routine. So it becomes family muscle memory. And so this is just what we do on Sunday night. You know, so whether they're if they were invited to something on Sunday, it's like, oh, I have. I have stuff on Sunday night, you know, that's in their routine and they become dependent on it. Uh, Whether if a family tries to kind of initiate that and they get some resistance or pushback, it just takes time to establish this rhythm and it will turn out to be a positive part of your family uh, culture and those relationships that you built. That's good. For, For sure. All right. So the last section of your book focuses on the launch. So how do parents successfully prepare their kids to leave home and make it on their own? (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, this section is based on the, that viral blog post I wrote on the eight things yep. you should stop doing for your teen. Yep. So it, good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that so, was our first podcast, right? I was like, I've I, got to get Amy on this podcast. Yeah. I think that's how, that's how we met. That's right. right. I mean, yep. Yeah. It was through that. And so, I mean, how do parents successfully prepare their kids to leave home is they begin letting them tie their own shoes. Hmm. I mean, they let, let them help around the house you know, expect them to do their own schoolwork and let them fail and make mistakes while they're under our roof. Yeah. Um, parents need to let their child become responsible for their own life. Mm. And, um, they slowly, they can slowly begin to successfully prepare them for adulthood and adolescence. I mean, it's from the time they're toddlers till the time they're 18, they should, be each year, you know, gaining more and more life skills. They should be able, by the time, like mine, I don't have to do a whole lot for them now because they can pretty much do everything that they need to do on their own. And it, and it just frees me, frees me up. I mean, motherhood is not a big stressful ordeal for me hmm. on a, on a regular basis Yeah. Uh, because I've raised them to be, you know, competent, capable people, yeah. um, which is what our world needs. I mean, if, if you look at what's going on with young adults today and on college campuses, um, it's, it's not, it's not good. Um, we're, we're launching young adults who can't problem solve. They don't have, you know, emotional resilience. Mm-hmm. They, they don't have critical thinking skills. And that's, that's all because we kind of loved them too much, right? Yeah. We, we, um, 
we kind of hindered them from becoming these, these strong adults. Mm -hmm. And so if it's, once again, goes back to the parent, like the parenting purpose statement. If, if I say a a strong work ethic is important to me, which it is, how, how am I going to instill a strong work ethic in my kids? Right. And so we started in sixth grade or so my husband started an eBay business with the boys Mm -hmm. and they started selling shoes. And then, um, and I look, and then now that they're 16 and 17, they all have jobs. Um, that's important to me. That's, that's important to us. Yeah. And, um, one of them started a window washing business Hmm. with his buddy this summer. And so, um, but that's not something we just decided today. This is something that we, we knew years ago that we wanted to, to begin instilling in them. Yeah. That's good. And so I think from previous conversations that we had, it challenged me. And so one of the things that we did, we've kind of designated second grade as the grade when you start making lunch on your own. And so you put it together the night before, it's ready. And if you don't have it, then you're responsible for solving that problem. You have some money in your school account, but if you overspend that, you don't have any more and we're not adding anymore. But that was one of those things you go, like you said about tying your shoes, what are the examples of tying your shoes that kids need to, those thresholds that they need to cross as they grow up, you know? So that's a really, really helpful example to give that's even challenged me. And so keeping six years in mind as a part of this to go, what do I need to give them to be responsible for to be successful six years from now? It's that kind of concept that you're building into them. So what is, what's the strategy that will get parents moving in the right direction to begin with? Well, I think it's just going back to the original purpose that we were talking about, right? That we're raising adults. We're not raising big kids. I mean, our world needs us to raise up strong adults. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, it's that simple, I, I think. And, um, yeah, just a little bit in the back of the book too, I have a whole stage appropriate task list. That's good. I think from two year old to 18, what, what kids can be doing for themselves. Yeah. And, and it also helps, helps the child feel uh, more confident and valuable. They mm. feel more valuable to the family when they know that they're in charge of, of their existence. Yes. Yeah. And that, that idea, and I'm, I'm glad you linked up because it reminds me of our the, the start of this conversation around happiness is when we give children responsibility, that's not necessarily going to make them happy, <laughs> but it is preparing them, which, you know, that when we're able to do something, the joy of confidence, that's a difference in happiness. Like happiness runs out when there's a new iPhone that comes out. It's like, I need that one because I'm not happy. But when you're able to do something confidently, that's a different sort of emotion that you feel. And so instilling those things as they go along is giving them a different uh, emotion than just basing it all on happiness. Right, for sure. Well, yeah. one, one thing that you've mentioned a couple times throughout this, um, it kind of circles around uh, the idea of comparison. So how do you personally or how do you encourage parents to overcome the comparison trap that parents just inevitably fall into? I do, uh, just as I look at other parents and go, oh, I'm not like them, or when we raise our children like this, we're just doing it differently and letting our kids down. I don't know, but how do you deal with the parent trap or the comparison trap? Oh, yeah, that's difficult for all of us, I think, at times. So, I mean, I can get totally distracted by what my neighbor's doing, right, Mm -hmm. or what car they're driving, Uh, but I have to constantly ask myself, like, does buying that expensive car 
meet our family values or further our goal. Yeah. And then it's easy for me. It's like, no, hmm. it doesn't. And I have to just, and I have to remind my kids that all the time because we live in a, um, an area where kids get brand new, beautiful cars mm-hmm. for their 16th birthday. Yeah. Right. And that's not what we're doing yeah. in the car house. And so we have to always constantly remind them, well, we, we, choose to spend our money in other ways, right? We wouldn't be able to go on these mission trips mm-hmm. or whatever we, we are doing at the time if if we were buying the most expensive iPhone or the car or whatever material item that the kids seem to think they need yep. uh, that we're not buying them. So I think you just constantly have to remind yourself of what your end goal is and what your family values are. Like we've claimed our three main family values as faith, family, and adventure. Mm-hmm. And do, you know, when I get distracted by what my neighbor's doing, what, you know, this, the school mom is doing, I just can always go back to that. But, but does that choice reflect my values and our goal? And Mm. it's, and it's easier. I think once you get in the routine of that, I I don't seem to fall into that comparison trap as often. Yeah. That's really helpful. Come back to your values, come back to your goals, a family. That's good. So I I love in the introduction of your book, you tell a little bit of the story of how your book came to be. And you mentioned, you have this quote in there, and you mentioned that you wanted God to be at the helm of your family, but at the end of the day, your priorities served yourselves instead of Jesus. So what encouragement do you have for our listeners about becoming a Jesus-centered family? Hmm. Well, I I say it just comes down to doing your best to walk your talk, mm-hmm. right? Make what, make what you say and, and believe match how you're living and, and not put your priorities second yeah. because our kid, our kids see that I, they know if, if what we say matches how we live. Right. And so I say, become, become an others centered family. Mm, right. And and that's, that's kind of our focus. Like, are you making a difference in the lives around you? Yeah. Are we more focused on getting straight A's on the report card, right? Or, or focusing on resume building or, or the trophies that we're trying to acquire on the shelves or even adding more money to our bank account. Hmm. Like, I just think if we stop and say, like, what, what are you sacrificing today to better another, to better another human? Yeah. You know what? And I always say, like, what discomfort am I facing today so that another can be comfortable? Hmm. Right. And, um, I just try and focus on that. So after the RV trip, I feel like we, we created more space in our family, um, and in our, in our personal lives to do this. I mean, when we got back, that's when we, uh, adopted out of the foster care system and, mm-hmm. um, just, just several other things that we've tried to do be- because if we're in others, Jesus centered family, mm-hmm. then, then I, I want to live that out. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it, it helped you see life more clearly in a way that you were able to establish these values. And that's what I love. And that's what I hope parents get from this is that there is a, a better way to parent. It's parenting on purpose to just one more plug for your book. And I'm just gonna say, parents, go out and buy this book. Uh, follow Amy. So Amy, how can they do that? How can they connect with you? Where can they purchase your book? How can they get started? Okay. Well, my website is just my name, amycarney.com or parentonpurpose.com. Same thing. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Amy L. Carney or Facebook. Um, same thing. And connect with me there. Sign up for my newsletter on the website, and then I'll be able to send you uh, monthly kind of parenting tips or what I'm 
what I've got going on that might might be able to help you in the journey. But um, just parenthood is supposed to be fun, right? We're supposed to enjoy this and somehow we can turn it into some big stressful ordeal mm. that it was never meant to be. Yeah. Well, Amy, thanks so much for taking your time to write a book that we can have in our hands and read and continue to work through. And that's something that you, you talk about in the book is like, hey, take time. Don't rush through this. It is, it's part of incorporating, digesting it, incorporating it into your, your family and your rhythm. So I hope they do that. Um, even if they have to listen to this episode 10 times, I'll be okay with that as well. <laughs> so Amy, thank you so much for your time. I am grateful for it. Let me say a prayer as we wrap up. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time with Amy. It's always good to have her on the podcast and to be challenged to grow as parents. And I pray that we would do that. I pray that we would see that you have given us a purpose, and it's to raise children that we hope will follow Jesus, but we hope that we'll take responsibility for their lives and that they will live lives that benefit those around them, that make a strong, healthy, positive contribution to the world both as they're growing up and when they're adults, so that when they raise their children, they will raise their children on purpose as well. We pray for a heritage and a legacy and generations of children who grow up under the, uh, the parenting of people who do it on purpose. And so we thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on thank parents, you. you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.